Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In order to understand, that is to really understand, the Bible, we need several things. First, of course, we need light from God, for we simply cannot apprehend the real spiritual significance with our natural understanding. But practically, there are some helpful points to bring us into that light. First, we need to see the lines or the threads that run throughout Scripture. Then there are the principles that govern Scripture. And finally, there is the spirit of the Bible. If we see the lines, the principles, and the spirit of the Bible, we will begin to enter into not just a superficial knowing of God's Word, but we will begin to enter into the depths of His Word. Bob Danker has joined us, and Bob, I just feel grateful for such a program as we're about to enjoy, because there is a lot of help here for any lover of the Bible, isn't there? That's right. Of course, God's people have been reading the Bible now for many, many centuries, and this matter of understanding the Bible. You know, the Bible has many layers. Yeah, uh, We can understand it, as you mentioned earlier, in a kind of a superficial way, kind of on the surface, as Brother Lee says, skating on the ice. Uh-huh. Or we can dive into the depths of the Bible and understand it in a much deeper way. Actually, this is what God intends for us. There is an intrinsic revelation that God wants all his children to receive from his word. This is God's word. Surely it's his word to every one of the believers in Christ, every one of God's people. So we all should understand the Bible. But how to enter into the proper understanding? I feel that these three items, the lines, the principles, and the spirit, give us a tremendous help to entering into the depths of the Word of God. Bob, this program, I would describe it, I guess, as an insert in a way. We're in the life study of the Psalms, where you've just covered the first 16, really the first section of the Psalms in many ways. Uh, Today's program doesn't really specifically touch any of the Psalms per se, but I think he's giving us help here to see and to understand the intrinsic significance in the Psalms as we go along. So he sort of takes a pause, I think, to give us all some kind of training, doesn't he? That's right. This is a great help for us to understand a book like the Psalms, which is a wonderful book in the Bible, even one of the favorites of many Christians. But we need to understand what God is saying through the psalmists in this book in a deeper way, not just in a superficial and outward way. We've seen in the uh, early programs now of the Life Study of the Psalms uh, this contrast between the law and Christ. Uh, At one point, David is exalting the law, is extolling the law. At another point, he is really extolling Christ. And uh, that really, I think, uh, summarizes what we're after today. Uh, We're trying to find out how to see this line of Christ and contrast it with the other line in the Bible represented by the law. 
as we, we touch this first of these three main points, to see the lines in the Bible. And uh, the line of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents the law, and the line of Christ, which is seen typified in Genesis by the tree of life, uh, shows us that these lines begin right at the beginning of Scripture, don't they? That's right, Chris. Okay, here's Witness Lee as we uh, jump into, as I said, this very practical, helpful program on understanding the Bible. Psalms are very sweet. Many Bible readers spontaneously and naturally love this book, yet they don't know why it is so lovable. <laughs> well, this is the longest book in all the 66. And every psalm is not just telling us a story or a history or a uh, kind of a teaching, exhortation, instruction. No. It is man's speaking to God and with God. Either it is a kind of a prayer or it is a kind of a thanksgiving or a kind of praise to God. The Psalms are sweet just because it is man's talk to God. Every day, every time when you pray, that must be the sweetest hour because you are speaking to God. Amen. So, for us to understand such a sweet book, we need to dig out the way to understand the Bible. And the way to understand the Bible is, number one, the lines. Number two, the principles. Number three, the spirit. Okay, what are the lines of the Bible? Two trays. One is a tray of life. And the other is the trait of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't you know the entire Bible was written just according to these two traits? The entire divine revelation is the development of the notion of these two traits. In the first two chapters, you see these two traits. Then when you get through the whole Bible to the last two chapters, the tree will appear to you again. So the tree of life was not only a matter in the garden. It will be the matter in the eternal city, the new Jerusalem. Bob, let's look at this point. I think most Bible readers, of course, are familiar with the fact that in the early part of Genesis in chapter 2, these two trees are shown. Now, there may be some confusion about what these two trees are, but at least people, I think, recall that the Bible begins with these two trees. But many may not realize the Bible concludes with one of these trees. In Revelation 22, as he just referred, it says, And on this side and on that side of the river was the tree of life, producing twelve fruits, yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So as the Bible begins, in a sense, it concludes, doesn't it? That's right. It begins with two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, as you mentioned, the tree of life appears in the last two chapters. The tree of knowledge eventually concludes in the lake of fire in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. But then going on into 21 and 22, we have the tree of life. These are the two ends of the Bible. 
So these two trees represent two lines that run through the Bible from beginning to end. What a tremendous light this is. Now, when we read any book of the Bible, including the Psalms, we should be able to detect these two lines running through that portion of the Word. Mm. As you mentioned earlier, Chris, in the Psalms, you have the tree of knowledge, man living by the knowledge of good and evil. And this is represented by the law. Even though God's intention in giving the law was to bring his people to the tree of life, God's people, in receiving the law, made it the tree of knowledge. (laughs) And they lived by the knowledge of right and wrong according to the law. That means they depended upon themselves to produce a kind of self-made righteousness. Mm -hmm. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this ends in a very negative way as we've seen. Then there are always those who don't depend on themselves, their own righteousness. They realize that they themselves are not righteous, so they need someone to be their righteousness and to live in them and through them so that they can be righteous. And this one, of course, is Christ. So when we read the Word, we always can see Christ is unveiled in every book of the Bible, including the Psalms. So Christ represents the tree of life where God wants us to be. He wants us to partake of and eat and enjoy and be constituted with the tree of life. He wants us to leave the tree of knowledge and turn to the tree of life. Unfortunately, many people remain with the tree of knowledge. So there are these two lines, and we need to distinguish them. Yeah. We need to recognize them. Otherwise, we may just confuse the whole situation. When David extols the law, we may say, oh, the law is wonderful. Then in the next psalm, he extols Christ, and we may not see there's much difference. <laughs> but there's right. a huge difference. There are two lines running here in the book of Psalms as through the whole Bible. So in Psalm 1 and Psalm 15, we really see David uh, in the line of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as you say, extolling the law there. Blessed is the man who meditates on the law day and night, and the one who uh, does all of these things, he will be the one qualified to sojourn in Jehovah's tent, etc., etc. This is really on the line of knowledge of good and evil, isn't it? That's right. Whenever David... In the Psalms, many times, David declares that he is righteous. Yeah. David is righteous. (laughs) That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then there are other times when he uplifts Christ. That means he has had a turn to the tree of life. Okay, these are the two lines in the Bible. Now, there's also principles in the Bible. And in this middle section of our program today, Witness Lee will illustrate at least a few of these. One relates to, you mentioned on the tree of knowledge is the striving to become the righteous one. But on the tree of life is a realization that there is only one righteous one. And that is one of the principles uh, in the Bible. And we see it even in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abraham believed Jehovah, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to see another principle. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than all of them, yet not I but the grace of God, which is with me. Okay, here's Witness Lee on the principles in the Bible. You may ask me, brother, what are the principles? The principles of the Bible. I just give you a few illustrations. 
there was the arguing, the arguing, how to be justified, how to be saved. Right? Some say to be saved by working good, to keep the law. Even you have to suffer the things. Then Luther stood up to say, no, justification is by faith. And you have to know this is a principle by faith. Now, what is faith? You mean, well, faith is just to believe in God. Well, you have not given me the definition. What is faith? According to the entire Bible, faith is to stop your work. Faith is to stop your doing on the negative side. Then on the positive side, to trust in the Lord. Not to do anything, but trust in his doing. You know the principle of the Sabbath? The principle of the Sabbath is <laughs> you don't need to, to work, you don't need to do. God is everything to you. If you need something to be worked out, God works for you. That is enjoy Sabbath. And Sabbath is in the same principle of faith. Of course, we have to labor. It sounds quite contradicting. You told us to believe is to serve your work. Now you tell us to labor. Paul says, I labor more than all the apostles. Then he says what? It is not I. It is not I, but the grace of God. Not I, but the grace of God. I labor, but not I. Just like Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified. Crucified, you still live. But not I. But Christ lives in me. You see, this is to rest. This is to keep Sabbath. And this is to believe. And our entire Christian life should be like this. This is one of the many principles Paul defined further and further this principle. He said, no flesh can be justified by the law. This is a principle. Then you have the Bible in two testaments. To understand the Old Testament, you need to keep the principle of the Old Testament to apply it in a spiritual way, not in a physical way. Bob, really the illustration here, it looks like three principles, but they all really become one principle, don't they, related to faith and what it is to really keep the Sabbath. This is marvelous, Chris. Whenever we read the Bible, we have to be aware that there's a principle in the Bible, and that is that God does not want man to do anything out of himself to accomplish God's will or to please God. Paul said in Romans, out of the works of the law, no flesh, that means no fallen man, can be justified, can be acceptable Mm. before God. It's impossible for a fallen man by his works to please God. God doesn't want man to work. He wants man to believe to put his full trust in God, in Christ, and allow Christ to be everything, to do everything, 
in him and for him and through him. This is the principle of the whole Bible. I was thinking about the case of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, God promised sure. Abraham would have a son. That's right. And Abraham initially didn't take the way of faith. He took the way of the flesh. He decided uh, that he would uh, use his concubine to produce a son. But God rejected this Ishmael produced by Hagar. It was not God's intention Abraham would exercise his flesh to do something to carry out what God wanted. It was God's intention Abraham would believe God. And then God would come in as he did eventually to enable Sarah to conceive and bear Isaac. This is the principle of faith, and it's the principle that governs the whole Bible. You might even say also this principle is the principle of no longer I but Christ, or no longer I but the grace of God. This is the same as the principle of faith. At any rate, it's no longer us, no longer I, but it is Christ through faith. So, Bob, to pick up his last word, which is that the principle of the Old Testament is to interpret it spiritually and not materially, we can then look back at Abraham, for example, and say, when he was conceiving Ishmael through Hagar out of his own flesh, he was breaking God's Sabbath. But when he was believing and trusting God to accomplish in him what he had promised, which resulted, of course, in the coming of Isaac, this was Abraham keeping the Sabbath. That's right. This is the principle of the Sabbath. God's seventh day was man's first day. Man had no part in the work of creation. God did all the work. He prepared everything. And man just entered into the scene on the last (laughs) day to enjoy what God had prepared and what God is to man. So man is resting and enjoying God and all that he is, all that he has done. And man is not working. He's just believing. He is keeping the Sabbath. (laughs) This is a principle. It is. It's tremendous, Tremendous. isn't it? So Abraham's believing God. God accounts this to righteousness, and the result is it's fruitful. That's right. There there was some, in a sense, labor, but it wasn't Abraham's labor. That's right. Oh, Marvelous. It is. It is really marvelous. Okay, let's go on to our final section today. We've seen uh, the two lines in the Bible, Bob. We've seen a little bit, at least, concerning the principles in the Bible. Now, in this last section, we really want to see the spirit of the Bible, and it relates very much to Christ. And uh, we'll let Witness Lee develop this, and then we'll have a chance just to come back and talk about it a little bit. Now we come to the spirit. Well, uh, Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 19. You know, those five verses are unique in the Bible. Unique in what? Unique in exalting Christ. Christ must have the first place that means must have the preeminence. In the Godhead, Christ is first. In the old creation, Christ is first. In the new creation, Christ is first. In the church, at the body of Christ, Christ is first. He is first in everything. Amen. Even he must be first in the marriage. And he must be first in your spending of your money. Right? You must give Christ the preeminence. Here, you could say spirit of the Bible. The spirit of the Bible is what? It's just to exalt Christ. If you are going to interpret any types, explain any kind of parables, you must take care of this spirit. The spirit of the Bible is to exalt Christ. If you exalt anything other than Christ, that breaks the spirit of the Bible. In whatever you say, in whatever you speak, 
you must have spirit to exalt Christ. Christ is the source, Christ is the principle, Christ be exalted is the spirit. So today, I encourage you to learn of the three things, the line, the principle, and the spirit. Then you come to Psalms. My goodness. Oh, the Psalms. Oh, the light. Uh, Bob, I hope you'll um, touch these five verses in Colossians 1 that he refers to, but it just struck me at the end. Really, we have the two lines, and preeminent there is Christ as the the line of life, the line of the tree of life. We have all these principles, and preeminent among the principles is the principle of Christ. And surely in the spirit of the Bible, preeminent is Christ. The key to the Bible, Bob, it seems, must be Christ. Absolutely. (laughs) Any part of the Bible we read, God has only one intention, and that is to exalt Christ and not to exalt anything else, to make Christ the one who is first and preeminent. So when we read Genesis, Exodus, and even the Psalms, what we should exalt or what we should grasp is this wonderful Christ who is preeminent, who has the first place in all things in God's economy. And we see this, of course, in these verses in Colossians. Christ is first in the Godhead. Mm -hmm. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. That's the old creation. Then he is first in the church. He's the head of the body, the church, the firstborn from the dead. He's the first in resurrection. He's the first in everything. And then Paul announces that he himself might have the first place in all things. This is the principle. This is the spirit of the Bible. So if in reading the Bible we would pick up something other than Christ, and we would exalt this thing. This would violate the spirit of the Bible. We can think of many things that are not evil, but good things that we might exalt other than Christ. One thing might be to speak in tongues or uh, spiritual gifts or any kind of conduct or behavior, human behavior. We could pick up the... uh, Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. We all love these verses. We all like to be a kind of husband or a wife in this way. But if it is not Christ who is living in us, living through us, if Christ is not our love, if Christ is not our submission, if Christ is not our very content of our gifts, spiritual gifts, right? and is not ministered by our gifts, if Christ is not exalted, then we violate the principle of the Bible. God has no intention to exalt anything but Christ himself. So anything uh, present in Scripture, uh, regardless, as you said, of of how good it is uh, or how many verses we can find to uh, support it, if it's not Christ, if it doesn't lead us to Christ, if it doesn't exalt Christ, we need to be on guard. That's right. Well, Bob, we've had... Lines, principles, and the spirit of the Bible today. And uh, as he mentions at the very end, if we can pick these up, our apprehension, appreciation, enjoyment, and benefit from a book like the Psalms will be greatly enhanced, won't it? It will. And we'll be ushered into the realm of life, the line of life. We will, our faith will be strengthened. We'll experience more and more, no longer I, but Christ. And in everything, 
we will exalt Christ in our personal Christian life and in our corporate life as the church, the body of Christ, to express Christ corporately. This is God's desire. Well, I feel uh, at least ready to go on to the next stage in uh, the life study of the Psalms. We've covered the first 16, and the next program we'll get into, uh, I think, Psalm 17 and beyond, and we have 150 total, so... Still uh, a large number to go, Bob. I hope you're able to be with us for many of these. I look forward to it, Chris. If you'd like to contact us about getting the printed Life Study messages, we hope you'll call us toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788, or write to us at Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, and our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.